welcome to this week's conversation, or this week's version of In Conversation with uh, Joseph Conlon, a com musical composer from LA in America. Joseph, thank you very much for coming in and for flying this. all the way over to but Ireland to do this. To do this, yeah, yeah. We, we, we paid for him to fly over, you know, um, and we spent most of that money on gifts. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, thank you very much for um, for doing this with us. Um, how are you finding Galway so far? Love Galway. This is about. I think this is the fifth flaw that I've been to, and I just, it, I just absolutely love it. It's uh, it's, it's small. It's, I, it's, it's smaller than, uh, than Dublin, and it's smaller than LA by all means. But uh, there's just a, a quaintness to, to to Galway that I absolutely love, and I absolutely love the the um, the focus on on arts here, whether it's film or arts in general. Uh, it's just. It, 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 there is seems to be so much enthusiasm for all of that that it just I don't know it's inspiring. Yeah, it almost kind of oozes out of the actual town itself. It's it's, it's yeah, it, it's 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 like every corner you turn. But in in going to the uh, the opening last night to hear I've forgotten the woman's name that 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 heads up the Galway Film Flaw, but uh, just to hear her her passion for it and everybody and, and Gar when he got up yeah, uh, to hear his passion it's just that's just representative I think of, of what I see and hear and when I'm in Galway you know and it's it's I don't know I don't know what it is but there's something very special about it here and what brought you to your first flaw what was your uh, I can almost remember his name Gordon Gaffney mm -hmm. with um, what is the what's on Curb Street in Dublin, the the film film base. Film base. Mm -hmm. I went in there several years ago, and uh, I somehow got introduced to him, and we sat down and talked. And I was, you know, talking about the fact that I was I was meeting more and more filmmakers in in Dublin at that particular point, and he recommended coming to the Galway Film Flaw, and so I checked into it the following year, and and then decided to go and. Um, I've been coming ever since. As a matter of fact, I'm spending less time in Dublin now because of it. I'm spending more time, mo my, the, most of my time in, in Galway. Tell us a bit about growing up in America. Growing up in America. I okay. Know, what, what a general question. That's to such ask, a broad but... question. Where were you um, born? Um, I was born in Brooklyn, New York. Oh. oh where? Yeah. Amazing. And I got out when I was five years old. Um, I say got out because I know I have a number of friends in LA who didn't get out early enough. <laughs> no, it's, I'm just kidding about that, but they're different people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I would have been a different person, obviously. We'd all be different people if we'd made fundamental changes like that. But um, So my family moved to Los Angeles and uh, grew up there, was influenced by various sorts of things, to, took piano lessons when I was a kid and, and so on and so forth. And at some point, a change in piano teachers um, somehow got me on a path for writing music as opposed to just playing music. And um, so that was kind of the impetus to, to where I'm at now. That was the beginning of it all and led to where I'm at now in Galway. Um, anyway, it's, uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's led to a very long career and I'm very very fortunate to have had something like that because it's not very common um, but you know so it was piano lessons and it was you know writing songs and so on and so forth and then getting into college and, and actually thinking deciding 
that instead of uh, pursuing the law career that my mother was influencing me to, to go that particular path, uh, I realized that this thing that I'd been doing for such a long time by that point uh, was something that I should actually turn into uh, my focus. And, and I was optimistic and ignorant enough to think that I could actually do this. And so uh, I did it. <laughs> I think if I'd been maybe a little bit more, I don't know, if I maybe was a little bit more of the odds, I think of that if I paid attention to that, I probably would have maybe taken another path. But, but I, was, I wasn't that bright. So you think if you weren't uh, a composer now that you would have went into law? Who knows where I would have gone. Uh, I, ultimately, I ultimately liked, uh, in some of this other studies that I took in college, psychology was, a, was kind of a fun thing. I really liked delving into that, but I don't know if that would have been my, my path. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I just consider myself to be one of the luckiest people on, on earth because I, I just, it's a passion with me and I just absolutely love what I do. And what do you love about it? It's, uh, it's that creative process. It's, it's, and it, it's, it's about writing music, but it's, but it's also about writing music for film. So it's, there's a difference um, to write music for its its own self it's it's that's a great thing but i somehow love being inspired by the images on film whatever you know whatever they might be um so yeah so that's that's really kind of uh that's a different it's a it's a different passion somehow than than just writing for for uh music for its own sake um but there, there's just something about coming up with harmonic progressions and melodic content that that just sends me you know I just it's it's hard to explain that I guess but yeah I think that's generally how it is for most people when they have a passion like that it's so hard to explain it is in your head any art it's complete sense sure yeah exactly yeah it's just something that comes over me it's just like I'm so glad I'm sitting here doing this and it's and it's so different nowadays than than uh, when when it was when I started um, I started so long ago, I sat at a piano with a pad of score paper and a pencil, and at those days, my, my uh, scene notes from the film that I was doing, the television show I was doing, and, you know, I would work it all out sitting at the piano. Nowadays, it's, it's an array of computers and all networked and with con- such incredibly... Um, uh, well-done sound libraries, whether it's orchestral or synthetic in nature or percussive in nature or whatever, whatever it is, the quality of, the, of these of these libraries is such that, um, in most cases, I think most people would could not tell the difference between whether, which is a good and a bad point, but whether it's an orchestra or or an orchestra in a box, as I call it. Uh, I mean, I, most of the work that I, I did was for orchestra, and, and from time to time nowadays, I, I, you know, will be able to stand in front of an orchestra. But budgets, and and technology has really influenced the, the business to the point where most everything now is done, you know, in this kind of an, uh, situation. And you might have a handful of players that will come in and play, whether it's you know, some woodwind players or some rhythm section guys, guitar guys, or whatever, you know, it's, it's, 
it's that sort of a that sort of it's kind of moved into that thing. But it's it's the good and bad of it is that um, one, it's too bad that we can't invo- involve an orchestra in a lot of these particular scores and in, in these uh, these sorts of situations. But the good part of it is that the expression that you, when you have a palette the size that we most of us have, sitting in our room by ourselves, where we can experiment forever, uh, you know, depending on what the deadlines or restra- restraints are, but we can go on and on and on and find things that we would have never found before. I've found voices, I've found combinations of instruments and sounds and so on that get me even more excited about what I do. Um, just because of, uh, of its availability. Not the case 10, 15, 20 years ago. Just not there. So, anyway. Which is a relatively short time period. It is. So yeah. for that. It is. Yeah. And it's always changing as well. Yeah. It's just going to keep, you know, yeah. in the next like, 10, 15 and it's just years, a matter it's going to be at that. Exactly. And it's just a matter of having the, the, uh, the uh, aptitude and the interest to stay on top of it and stay like aware of. And adapt exactly. Yeah. Um, what do you find is like, I suppose, the most challenging um, thing about the life of a music composer, especially when you are in such a, a competitive environment as LA? Um, it's the most challenging. I would say um, a couple of things come to mind. The most challenging. Um, the most challenging is probably communicating with a director and trying to understand what his direction is, what his ideas are, what what his concern is for the film in terms of the storytelling. And n- not a, a lot of directors really know what they're looking for. A lot do know what they're looking for and are very good at explaining that, and it's ma- that makes it a lot easier. Uh, but it's, it's the directors who, who uh, need some help, and it's, so it's a bit of trying to take their words and, and, and in- interpret them into something that you feel is right for the picture, and then going through the process of sketching things, presenting them, and then finding out that I'm a genius, or I'm out of my mind. You know, it's it's <laughs> one or the other, or it's really it couldn't be anything in between. Yes, it's close, but it's not quite right. And then it's it's a matter of trying. The challenge is then trying to get them to find the words that that point to exactly what's wrong. Yeah, because I mean, has he Okay, now, yeah, now I know. Yeah, because I've been in situations where I've written a five minute cue and. And it was the it was the four measure oboe phrase in the middle of it that made the director say, "It sounds nice, but I really think you should try it again." And it's just like it's a five minute cue. You really didn't like any of the five minute cue. Well, I like parts of it. <laughs> well, and then it, then it was a matter. It's, it tends to be a matter of again weeding through and saying, "Oh no, I liked all of that up until." And then you find out it's just he didn't like the sound of the oboe. And so, what if we change it to a flute? What if we change it to a guitar? What if we change it to a piano? Try it out. 
all of a sudden I don't have to rewrite that five-minute scene anymore. So, <laughs> so anyway, that's, that's probably the more difficult channel, a challenging one, one particular thing. The other part of it is, is, is the other challenging thing is, is about getting indoors, about getting to meet people and, and, uh, uh, that you haven't worked with before and to show them your ability, your talent, your, your focus and to get them to realize that maybe you could have a lot of good things to say about their particular film and could heighten the dramatic values in a way that they would be very excited about. Um, and so it's a matter of getting to the point where you can have that dialogue with those people because in a lot of cases, time is really the, the biggest um, culprit uh, in in trying to convince people because in a lot of cases they just don't have the time and they're being hit by an awful lot of other people uh, to you know to to uh, they're trying to be convinced you know they're trying to convince with the same that same idea you know it's just like I'm no I'm the guy and you know it's 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 really how do you get their attention how do you get their time and and how do you um, and especially somewhere like LA where it's it's, it's crazy it really is crazy having a good agent is um, is uh, a real advantage and uh, I happen to have a very good agent and he's done very nice things for me um, but then a lot of it too is a personal contact between you and the director you and a producer having nothing to do with it because a lot of directors and producers don't want to know anything about an agent they just they would they're very focused on the music, and so it's a matter of, of finding those people, and, and, and it's, it's difficult because, like you say, in L.A., it's, 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 pretty, it's pretty broad. It's pretty broad here in Ireland. You have a lot of talented filmmakers here in Ireland, and, and I've, I've had a chance of, to work with a number of these people, um, and they're very focused on, on, on what, they, what they need, what they want for their particular film. So... Um, it's just a matter of finding them and trying to trying to get an audience with them, and, and, I, and that's why I come to Galway, because it's uh, it's just that sort of uh, arena, you know. It's just, we're all kind of standing around talking, and and uh, you'll find your moment or you won't, you know, or you're going to totally offend somebody, or they're just not going to like you for whatever reason. Look at the guy's hair. How can he possibly be taken? Think that he could be taken seriously with hair like? That's well, what yeah. I, that's for all our listeners out there, uh, Joseph has incredible hair. I didn't want to comment because you're bringing it up. Ah, oh, there you go. Well, thank you very much for that. Glorious, glorious, not just good-looking hair. Glorious hair. Anyway, but that's that's the thing. But it's the case, I think, with any, you know, with you know, being an actress. You know, it's just like or an actor. Is it a derogatory? Okay, great. Depends on who you're with. But, um, yeah, I mean, to get that point, you know, it's not just about an audition. It's just like to get in front of a director, it's just like, and they don't even have a project. And then maybe six months down the line, they remember you and they've got a project. You know, Kate would just be fantastic for that. And so, you know, but, you know, but you're, you're possibly here at Galway doing the same thing I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe you too, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, he has to figure well, out yeah, what she is yet. I need to figure out what I am. I'm a jack of all trades, master of none, I think. So, all right. Yeah. Well, sometimes that's well, the I'll way to be. I'll get there at the end, I hope. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, um, um, what do you think like makes a good composer? Yeah. Oh, uh, broad question. Um, well, using yourself as an example. It, you know, it's a, it, what makes a good artist? You know, it's just like you know, you've got a black canvas painted black with a little red dot in the upper right hand corner. It's just like. Is that genius or is that just, what, really? Is the guy cruising? It's just like, is that really something? It's, beauty is in the eye of the beholder and, and really uh, I think that's, it is such an incredibly subjective thing. Music, graphic art, whatever, um, a, 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 an actor's performance, it's, it's all subjective. So um, what makes a, a good composer, I, I don't, I don't what really are, know. What are your... What abilities do you have that lend, lend themselves well? I'm to incredibly do? inventive, and I say that facetiously. I am, but I mean, I'm, I was trying to press for a joke there. But uh, uh, it's it's uh, I, I I am completely committed to a project once I sign on, and uh, as committed uh, 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 as committed to very small projects mm -hmm. as I am to very large projects and and it's and there's a lot of time that's taken uh, in trying to find the right voice and trying to find the, the right melodic phrase or, or uh, sound or identification somehow there's an identification that comes with music and it can be melodic it can be harmonic it can be something completely out of left field and something that you may not even associate with music and it's it's an audible identification that you can thread in to to films in particular and and have it mean something have it take that dramatic value whatever it is and raise it when you say that you're um, committed to projects and stuff like that do you do you find yourself doing number of pro or numerous projects all at the same time, or do you generally say, I do one, commit myself to that one, do it, and then go to the next? Commitment in terms of, um, in terms of how, how right I want the score to be, how much I want to feel satisfied with my own, my own creation. Okay, that's, that's the commitment, because I've been involved in three projects at the same time, and it's, it's Draining. crazy can be absolutely nuts and um, but none have suffered because you know because there were numerous things or because there were overlaps and, and they tend to be projects it's like I cannot say no to that project I've said no to, to many projects but I mean certain projects come along and the timing is just bad but you just can't say no to it and what is it about projects that make you say yes it can be a million things I mean it can be uh it can be the actors, it can be the people that are doing the project, it can just be the story. Um, I think, I think well, there's an adage, something about it's money, um, the project itself, the story, and then, and then the political connections of people that are actually doing it. And, and you decide, out of those three things, if you, if you pick two. So if maybe the money's not great, but the story's great and the and the connections are great, you go with that. Or if the money's there and maybe the political content, story's not great, you still you still go for it. So so it's kind of that thing. It's it's really gotten down to pick one. 
<laughs> if any one of those things is present, go for it. But I mean, it, it, it really, you know, a, a lot of a lot of times it has more more to do nowadays with with the story itself, and then also the people that are are putting it together. Did you ever consider giving up? No, God, no. I'm having way too much fun. I I, I really am. And, oh, and what age did you start? And what age did you say yes? I say? my first gig was. I started writing for, I was ghosting for another composer, um, which happens, a, ghosting was the same thing with writing a book or something, it was a ghost writer, the guy gets his name on there, but, but really it was somebody else that filled in these huge blanks and wrote the book. Same thing with, with scores, and especially in television, where in Los Angeles, um, there are a lot of composers that are extremely busy, and because they have a lot of... Um, popular television shows they're very visible and back then when when I was first starting um, there were a couple of composers that were very visible and I got introduced to them and I ended up writing some material for their various television shows so that that's how I got started what was the question I forgot oh, just r- roughly around what age or what, like, what I was 25 years old 25 years old when I first wrote my first bit for film and it was for te- well I can't say that for film but for something that was serious and it was a television show um, called San Pedro Beach Bums very short lived show by the <laughs> way uh, but it led to a relationship with a composer uh, that uh, led to doing shows like uh, Starsky and Hutch and Heart to Heart and so on and so forth. So it was it was a great great relationship, great learning situation and so on. And and then eventually led to uh, Simon and Simon, which was my first uh, notable uh, achievement. So um, with my name on the screen, so that was a, that was a big deal. So anyway. season that was it. Uh, Simon and Simon went on, I think, for seven or eight seasons, and I did the first six. And and because. I was getting calls from different directions. I, I decided to leave the series, and uh, it was the right choice for me to do it. That, that particular, but then the show ended a couple of years later. You know, so yeah. So I was very lucky, and I still maintain that I'm uh, absolutely one of the luckiest guys in the world. Whether it's a big production or a small production, um, I I just love what I do, and it's it's I, it's looking at that film and coming up with some sort of musical comment. And uh, that's, you know, it's just a very, very fun place to be. Having been over um, here quite a bit, and obviously living in America, uh, what would you say are the main differences between the American film industry and the Irish film industry? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know what the, the... I don't know... Is there anything that even, like, strikes you immediately that you would say, well, God, it's not how it works over there, or it's not how it works over here, or... No, I, I don't know. It's because my association in, in L.A. has been along a grander scale, uh, and I don't have those relationships over here. I mean, I have smaller... I have, I have relationships with people who produce lower-profile projects here. Um, so I can't compare. It's apples and oranges kind of a deal. Yeah. Uh, my enthusiasm... For uh, for the work is no different, though. Um, you know, I've I've had the chance of meeting Ed Guiney and speaking to him for uh, a couple of you know, for a few minutes, you know, here and there, a couple of different times, and um, 
from what I understand, it's one of the larger companies, one of the largest company, I think, uh, film production-wise here in, on the island. Um, and I see the, the, projects they, the, the projects they come up with, and it's just like fabulous and innovative sorts of projects. And I would just love, you know, to be associated with these things. You can edit all this out if you want. But, <laughs> no, but it's, not, it's no. well, uh, it's just one of those uh, situations where I just haven't, I haven't gotten to this day. My relationships haven't gotten to the point where I can work at that particular level. But again, uh, I, I'm not certain that. It, I, in fact, I'm clear. I, I know absolutely it would it would not be any difference. There would not be any difference in terms of my enthusiasm, my creativity, because as I say, it all just comes down to the film. So to answer your question, I, I just don't know what the answer is. I can't because I'm not. I I don't have the the same relationships, the same sort of relationships. Well, then, given your experiences from working in Ireland, I suppose in Dublin and Galway and mm-hmm. uh, everywhere, um, would you ever consider moving over here? I have, as a matter of fact. I've mm-hmm. thought uh, many times about uh, about uh, having a place and, and coming over and, and spending even more time here, um, but it just it just hasn't happened yeah. for whatever reason. Yet. Yeah, it hasn't happened yet. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you, you speak about relationships and, and building relationships. Is is there a shorthand that develops the more you work with someone sure. that makes it easier to... Sure. There's a very talented director that I, I've begun to work with in the past couple of years named Graham Cantwell and um, did a, a, a romantic comedy for him last year called The Callback Queen. And it was just an absolute delight to do uh, because of the film, top of the list, but then in, in dealing with, with Graham, as, as we did this long distance, and that's, that's something that, that also has changed technologically, it doesn't matter where you are in the world. The only thing you have to pay attention to is the time zone, <laughs> whereas most of my conversations with him were relatively early in the morning for me and kind of late in the afternoon for him, or, or it might shift where it was early in the afternoon and late in the evening for him. But, um, uh, but the relationship that we... Uh, created that at that particular point has you know grown and and so I've, I've been involved with him on a couple of other projects that uh, I'm very excited about I know he's ecstatic about and uh, but he's just somebody that that I've uh, grown to like personally as well and so it's just it's just one of these things where now we're just feeding off each other somehow and uh, it's just really a, a great place to be, but that tends to be the situation. I get, I get involved with. I mean, not everybody that I worked for do I, am I excited about, <laughs> but personally, but um, but most in most cases I find something that I can get excited about personally. But anyway, and I've gotten to, go, uh, to know Amy as well, very uh, very well, and it's just it's just. It's just a love fest, as they, they would say in Hollywood. God, I really wish I hadn't said that. It's okay. So you can edit that it's out if you no, like. No, it's okay. No, it's again, okay. It's, it's, it's so much better if we just don't edit anything. <laughs> just, we just don't edit anything. No, I add nothing at all. All the warts. Um, I'm, I'm interested to know, uh, as a, again, from a composer's point of view, like what bands do you listen to? Oh, gosh. Um, I have been listening very much to um, Adams for Peace, uh, which is um, Radiohead uh, guy um, Tom York? Oh, Tom York. Yeah, and I have just—I've listened to Radiohead for quite some time, and it's just. But I listen to a lot of different things, pretty eclectic things. Uh, 
and of course the names of these bands and so on. They're, they're because they're so eclectic, they tend not to stay in my mind, in my in my memory very long. But uh, I tend to listen to a lot of different sorts of things. Uh, I listen to a lot of uh, different film scores too from uh, composers that are coming a little out of left field. I think they say that's the, that's the excitement. That's the excitement about about writing music because you can, as I said before, you can write anything. I mean. Whether they like it or not is a different story, but and that's also part of the job. So, okay, they've they got to like it too. But to suggest things that are out of left field is fun. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like to be able to say, "How about this over here?" And and if they and if they like it, you know, great. If I had played it safe and done something and said and suggesting something that was, you know, so much a sure thing, pretty much a sure thing. And they would have accepted it. It, w- it would have been okay, fine, great. But I wouldn't have found any advancement in that. No enjoyment in it either. Yeah, and I, because and, and that's where the, a lot of the enjoyment comes from is trying new things. And I think any artist, you know, whether again they're a writer, or they're an actor, or they're a painter, or whatever, they want to, you know, expand their 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 boundaries. And I absolutely love do, uh, doing that. And I get inspiration from from artists like uh, uh, Tom York and 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 the, and the like. I mean, I just I just live listening to these people, and and I don't love everything that they do, but I get inspired by certain sounds that they come up with. And it's just like, how did they do that? And then I will research it. I will talk. And I will figure it out. I'll play around, and I'll find this new tool or a new color for the palette. And it's 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 really just really kind of corny and exciting at the same time. <laughs> was there any um, was there any watershed moment for yourself where you said you know you sat down and you watched a cycle or something like that and you went? There have been a number of yeah a, a number of scores. Ennio Marconi, but mostly having to do with composers. Ennio Marconi has been a, a a big influence of mine. Jerry Goldsmith was a big influence of mine. John Powell was a big influence of mine. Um, and uh, most recent, that he's the most recent, the Born Identity uh, trilogy that he dealt with. There's a fourth picture, but he didn't he didn't write that picture. He he was he was one of those guys where when I listened to it, uh, and I heard certain certain sound elements that were in there, musical sound elements that they were in there. It was it was that was one of those moments. What is that? Where did that? How did he get to that? And and after studying it and, and playing around with it and talking to other people, I figured it out. And and so some of those elements become a part of my palette and, and you know, keep expanding those boundaries and so on. So those, it's more watershed uh, influences uh, in, in the form of uh, various composers that, that uh, have existed through time. So, Is there anybody that's been your biggest influence? It doesn't have to be famous or anything. Those... those all of those names, those those particular film names, uh, and 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 um, the Beatles were probably the biggest influence, I guess, and the most earliest <laughs> influence. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Now that I think back, yeah. And uh, but you know, and more uh, and more recently, Tom York and, and a myriad of other uh, of other names. It's, I think I think that's the thing about being an artist and any form of an artist is to be open to new things and never be closed off and always be learning and always be experimenting and always be going into some sort of weird area that you're not comfortable in and just try it out and see if you can make it comfortable and uh, and that's what I really enjoy the most about about all of this and aside then from like 
musical uh, inspirations or influences, what else inspires you or what else excites you? Or um, You know what? It's funny. I mean, I... Uh, I have a, a wonderful relationship with my family. I have I have so many great friends. Um, and I also uh, pay a lot of attention to uh, staying as physically fit as I can possibly be. Um, because I don't want to get old. <laughs> I, I, I just want this to continue. You know, and it's, it's really kind of a funny thing. So those are my focuses, really. Um, uh, my family and friends and my, my, my physicality and my health, those are all, you know, things that I pay an awful lot of attention to. And there's really not a lot of time left in my life, you know, for other focuses. I could, I could be fractured and probably get into a lot of other different things. And I've considered other things. I mean, uh, I, my wife is also a very good photographer, and I get inspired by, by what, what she's done uh, uh, photographically. Uh, she's also a wonderful painter, and uh, I see some of the things that she does, and I just kind of go, where did that come from? And it's just astounding. And so I, then I start to picture myself trying to convey some creative idea in those in those veins and I think about it for a little bit and then I decide not to do it cooking is I do that with cooking too I'll watch these cooking shows and go god that looks that looks like it would taste just fantastic and get very inspired by the 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 chef that's Bobby Flay you know it's just like he's just going on about and you just like him and you like what he's doing and then you think I've, I've got to pursue that and Okay. Then five minutes later, it's just like <laughs> shrug. Lord, <laughs> 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 you're <So>. taken. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the, the, but the, the principal focuses are are, are are always there. And as far as I, the you know, music is 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 the love of my life, and and uh, you know, I can't I can't imagine anything else being uh, threatening that, you know, or taking really any kind of serious time from that at all. Going back to uh, keeping fit, a great way of keeping fit in Ireland is by playing the game of hurling. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> and we had we had a, a, a slight conversation about yes, it. Yes, we night. did. Um, your views on the game? I think it's fascinating, <laughs> and I haven't seen enough of it to. Uh, I, but however, I was at a pub just this afternoon, uh, and they were talking about uh, some of the matches that have just been going on recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tipperary, I think, and I'm not sure who else, but um, that's Ogo, just right. yeah. Ogo, we we say we're here. So all right, okay, great, great. I'm sorry that's that I didn't. That's what they are talking about. It was all right, great. Well, um, but nothing is specifically ab- about the match, who was better or worse or anything. I think, but the, just the enthusiasm for it. It was just like. Kate for, is holding, for, for Kate, a, Kate is holding back the answer on her lips. Who is better or worse? Okay. I can see it in her. She's like, we, we know the answer to that question. But, we won't go there. but, but, but it is such a localized, from what my understanding is, I could be wrong, but it's such a localized sport, the GAA. It's really just Ireland, I mean, mm-hmm. from what I understand. Um, well, there are, I mean, it's, it, it is in New York and it's in Australia. Yeah, it's well, and there is... a huge Irish contingent there, but it is, like, it is mainly an Irish team. And they actually have teams in, in, uh, in L.A. as well in that I have found out about. But, uh, you know, there's no publicity about it. You really do have to search for things going on and what could the quality of the play be, you know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It could be great, you know. But, um, and I know I have some... From older Irish friends, that uh, they all seem to run pubs in, in LA somewhere, and they they used to they used to 
play uh, when they were much younger. These are much older guys. And uh, we were talking a little bit about this. And, and, and I remember one particular fellow who's uh, such a character. Um, but he, we were kind of not really comparing, but somehow the two sports came up, hurling and lacrosse. And, and he just kind of rolled his eyes. He said, my grandmother could have played lacrosse. So and I just thought, that's interesting. But then I, that's when I found out that the hurley is flat. There's no little divot in there where the ball can, the, the, the no slither can, no can sit. Can just hold yeah, it yeah, there's, not, there's no advantage at all. It is a plank, and it is like, you know, yeah, learn how to deal it, with it. It, you it, know? Is, it is literally just a case of at the age of three or four, you're given a hurley, you're given a slither, and just told, yeah, just... Go kill people. Go kill people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it is just, you know, there's, there's, no, there's no real formal training to it. It is just like, yeah, you've got to pretty much learn this yourself. Wow, wow. Go do it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, fi- I find it fascinating. And, it is just, it, and also it's amazing to me that they don't have any protection. There are no head, there's no headgear. Well, no, 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 there, there, there is, is now. Everyone, yeah, everyone it's, it's been brought in that they, yeah. they have to wear a helmet. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Was that just recently? Uh, was within the last three, years. no, three or four years. Remember really? John Milan for Waterford used to never wear his helmet, but it was brought in that he had to. Um, Really? Yeah, That's yeah, interesting. Yeah. Well, I think it's fine. Is, a number of people would say that they don't, you know, they don't want to wear a helmet because it'll actually block their vision sure. of what's going on. But for safety purposes, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. People yeah. see people see what happens in matches and stuff like that. And if a high ball comes in, that ball hits you on yeah. the head, or oh, somebody wow. comes in with a hurley and hits yeah. you, or it's it's yeah, anything could happen. So but it's, that's it's necessary now to, uh, to. Well, it makes sense. Oh, it, it does. Make it sense, makes yeah. sense, but and I. That's, that's about it then. But for protection, I mean, you can get a hurt. But there's no shoulder pads or no, no, no. any of that kind of stuff. Okay, no. all right. Well, yeah, the the NFL is is they're going through a time right now where they've been. Um, I mean, there's all these class action suits. I believe they're class action suits, but having to do with uh, with um, what situations the players were put in and maybe convinced to be in. Where maybe maybe it was it was false information they were being given. They were being assured that they were fine when really they uh, were not. And having to do with concussions, having to do with limbs, joints, and so on. Um, this is all being sorted out now. I don't know what any decisions is this are. This with every team in the. Well, yeah, there's more and more people are piling on uh, yeah. pro players, ex pro uh, pro players that are. Yes, I was told this, and 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 now I've. You know, it turns out 10 years later, 15 years later, I've got this condition, and it could very well be attributable to this. It's all being sorted out now. I don't know what the situ- what will eventually be be um, the result of all of that, but that's the discussion that's going on right now. And But so for the hurling, for the GAA to, to introduce these sorts of things, it's probably a good thing. I mean, it's... Oh, it's most definitely a good thing, yeah, yeah. yeah. For safety. But that was the thing that, that struck me the most when I first saw a match... In I think it was '09. I was I was here, and I happened to go to somebody's house, and they had a match on, and I had heard about it, but I'd never seen even any video. For and I just was like mesmerized by watching these, and the fact that nobody was really getting whacked regularly on on the on the pitch. It was just like, look at that. He didn't get hit by that, <laughs> you know. I mean, or with he the, did, the, the hurley coming around, or yeah, he or did. He did, but he's just not. He's, he's not feigning he about it. He's just, yeah, he doesn't yeah, know just that he did. Yeah, just get up and get on with it. 
I think what it is is the fact that when you start off at the ages of like three and four, when you start playing it, I mean, we have no idea what other sports there are in the world, so we just start playing. Interesting. Just go, yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's what you do. Yeah. It's commonplace. That's yeah. Yeah. everybody does that. No, yeah. not everybody does that. Ireland does that. Nobody yeah. else does. It. Wow. So that when you know we grow up and we start playing the game, and we go to places like Ireland or Spain or England, and they see these things and they go. Is this? It's just murder on the pitch, and we're going. Oh, it's, not, it's just normal. It's just what you do. It's just what you do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you just get on with it, like you know. Yeah. So, well, I find it fascinating. I, I absolutely love it. I have not seen enough of it, and uh, so maybe this. Hopefully, this this uh, this weekend. Maybe I think I think somebody told me was. There is there's there's a very very uh, big match on Limerick and Cork are playing in the Munster <coughs> final. Okay. And Tipperary are playing some game some at some stage. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's move on. All right. Um, Back to the music. Your, <laughs> your, uh, your proudest moment. Yes. My proudest moment? Yes. Oh, geez. Um, probably when my kids were born, uh, I, would, I would imagine. But if you, if you mean musically, that's, uh, you know, I, I've got two. I've got, two. I've got my son Ryan and my daughter Holly, and uh, they're both, both very creative people on their own. Um, you Your daughter know. Holly is a singer in her own. Holly is a singer-songwriter, and she might have been more influenced uh, in that direction um, by me than my son was. But uh, I, I believe that there was there was that creative foundation that that both Lynn and I had that they both you know were subject to <laughs> and, and influenced by. And so um, yes, yeah, so Holly is uh, Holly Conlon is a is a singer-songwriter and uh, has had several albums out, a couple of albums, two three albums out, three albums out. Um, and um, she's, you know, going down that path and mm -hmm. uh, struggling down that path. And my son is, uh, as I say, was more graphically, graphic uh, art influenced um, and ultimately works with soft, no, it's not software, uh, internet companies, uh, works for a company right now called bandpage.com, uh, based in San Francisco. And, uh, and he is integrally involved in the... Uh, their 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 graphic presence on online and it's it's fun to see and I he's influenced me as far as my own website is concerned and so on and uh, it's 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 a fun thing that is a fun thing right there that's that is a fun thing where uh, where maybe I was inspirational at some point during their their formative years and but then as they have become adults um, or even before uh, that they might make some sort of creative comment that I'm inspired by and it's it's that is a fun thing and and a fun realization when you realize that that's what's happening it's just like I like their choice there and and maybe I should reconsider something you know I take that in, into consideration next time I'm in you know a relative a position weird. somehow it is a little weird and and maybe that's the circle you know I don't know but um it's fun it's awfully fun so but anyway yeah my yeah my uh, having a family and, 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 you know, and all that comes with that is really the, it's a very prolonged, uh, uh, uh proud moment. <laughs> so, um, on the other end of the scale, your biggest mistake? No, that would be too obvious going for that, going for the joke. No, I can't do that. <laughs> um, uh, biggest mistake or even regret, is there anything that comes to mind that you go You know, it's funny, I've been asked that before, or I've thought about that before, and I, I think I've been pretty fortunate uh, to either not have had an instance that I can call my biggest regret, 
or it's the revisionist history <laughs> uh, historian in myself that somehow qualifies those things or rewrites those things so where where it's they don't exist anymore that's not really quite the way it really was but that's not the way i remember it so uh so i don't really i don't have a i can't answer that i don't i don't know that i really had a biggest there's probably a biggest regret in there somewhere but it's really not nothing not taking up hurling <laughs> yeah it's up there. No, it's that's gotta not... be, it's, it's got to be up there on the list. I oh, we'll, the we'll call it. We'll, we'll, let's go with that. We'll go with yeah, we'll that. <laughs> um, is there anybody you'd like to work with in particular? Uh, Again, I know this goes back to your, your influences, but is there anybody, even any director out there? If there's say, dir- there are directors that I would, I would really uh, love to work with. There are directors that I work with currently that I, I do absolutely love working with. Um, but... I can't, there are too many. There are too many directors. It's about directors. It's, it's about directors and filmmakers uh, and, to, and to see their work and to see, you know, large or small, whatever the work is, uh, to see what they've been able to get on film and to, and it's, it's, it's hard because when, you, when I see the, their work on film, it's already being commented on by another composer, uh, good or bad, and, and in a lot of ca- those cases, they're just fine. It's just great. Yeah. Uh, it's not a matter of wrong or right. It's just different. You know, I would probably support that scene differently than, than they did. Not that it's, again, right or wrong. It's just different, that's all. Um, but uh, Ridley Scott is probably, and as controversial as, as he... Uh, as he might be in terms of some of the, the work that he's done, um, is is probably a guy that I've really, you know, really been inspired by visually. And uh, Blade, uh, I met him on two occasions, very brief, you know, sorts of things in Los Angeles. Um, but Blade Runner was, uh, you know, uh, such. Uh, <laughs> such an event to, to see that to, to see that movie went in to see uh, the movie the day it opened in the Egyptian theater in Hollywood at I think it was like two o'clock in the afternoon or maybe it was earlier with went with a musician friend of mine two hours later walked out of the darkened theater into broad daylight and the movie is principally in the dark except for the very end where there he uh, um they're driving, you know, in some sort of mountainous area, you know, uh, and and it's day, it's daylight. That was such a shocking thing in the in the in the storytelling. Everything else, otherwise, was was in the dark, basically in Los Angeles, and it was a very depressing sort of circumstance. But for my friend and I to walk out of the theater into broad daylight, it it was a strange uh, moment and lasted, stuck with me for hours. I mean, that movie stuck with me for a long time, you know, that particular day. Um, anyway, so it was, it was fairly momentous, and, uh, and not to mention uh, uh, <laughs> the composer, um, Vangelis, or I've forgotten now, which is the proper pronunciation, Vangelis or Vangelis? Vangelis. I think it's Vangelis. Anyway, his score was so, so inspired and so on. It was just a, it was also, that was, a, he was also somebody that was inspiring to me as I was, as I was going through the process. But uh, anyway, yeah. Um, is there anything that you're working on at the moment? Uh, no, not right, uh, right now. I'm, I'm working on, on, 
furthering, furthering my connections in Ireland by being here and also uh, having fun with the, the friends that I already have here. It's well, that, that, that's pretty easy, just hang with a bar. And it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden there's a bunch more people there. And, and if they weren't your friends already, <laughs> it just happened to me this afternoon. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> do you have any future ambitions? Um, n- not really. I mean, it's it's just a matter of just getting better at what I do and honing what I've been doing for the past however many decades that I'll just leave undisclosed at this particular point. But uh, it's it's just a matter of honing my craft, and I, I just and that's uh, that's where the excitement is, and that's where the the uh, the uh, that perpetuation comes from. It's just kind of. It just kind of happens on its own because I'm so interested in, in expanding the palette and expanding my, my use of that palette and expression and, and, and again, how it, how it relates to, to film. And it's just, it's just been this growth for my whole career and I just look forward to being able to do more and more. Great. Joseph, thank you very much. Oh, thank you're you. welcome. Thank this you is very fun. Much. This is thank very you. fun. Thank this you. is fun. Thank you.